Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. The fabulous fifth hour is upon us of our Wednesday morning. Launch this bad boy at 6 a.m. It was... We're looking at about 16 degrees, Robin. You roll in here into the oh, South Austin Onion Creek compound. We're looking at uh, 26 right now. We've oh, yeah. Sun's warming things uh, up now. 10 degrees. I think we're done with the freezing temperature. Yeah, we're going to top out today about 45. Yeah. It will get it. near freezing tonight, but as we said, it's going to be 70 degrees tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, 70 yeah. degrees. It's done. I think we're, we're past it. And honestly, the worst of it was, was that Monday morning? Yeah. You had the precipitation and the, the roads froze over a little bit and you didn't have a lot of people on the roads. So, you had to deal with the slick conditions. But since then, it's just been cold. Layer it's up. It's going to be another cold weekend with temperatures in the 40s yeah, for but, highs. But, but you it don't won't get, be the freeze. You don't get the freezing. There yeah. might be a, a 25 overnight Saturday. But uh, the 40s are during the, during the weekend. But cloudy, Rod. And then it's going to be rainy next week. Rain, rain Monday. and cold, or just rain. Rain and sixties next week. Ah, we good on that. Yeah, no we'll get the uh, rain and the cold. We'll take, we'll take the sunshine today, without oh, a doubt. I missed the sunshine. Hey, Rod, here's the the, the 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 breaking news this morning, and Ty had to run to the restroom, so we won't play the breaking news sounder. But uh, remember, last year we were following the story of uh, Diamond Sports Group, which is owned, which is Bally Sports, right? Yes, they own all the rights to all the the teams that play on the Bally's network including the Rangers, including the Mavericks, including the Astros, including the Rockets. Or actually, the Astros are not part of this. Uh, they're on AT&T Sportsnet. Well, how about this? Amazon. Amazon mm-hmm. has come to the rescue and has jumped in, and uh, they were in bankruptcy court. And Amazon, Jeff Bezos and company, have come in and are acquiring a minority stake in the Diamond Sports Group. The regional network filed for bankruptcy last year, putting local media rights for 37 teams in the NBA, MLB, and NHL in jeopardy. Now customers will be able to watch those games on Amazon Prime. That's big. That is big. That's huge, man. So if you're fearful of – because they've been talking about Major League Baseball trying to take over the rights and then stream them directly to fans. And uh, everyone's trying to figure it out. But Amazon, getting in the sports space, Rod. Oh, they've been in the sports space. They they, they want to stay in it. I think they want more more, more market share. I should say more. Yeah, they have the Thursday night Amazon NFL game. They want more market share of sports. And as, you know, I've told told you guys numerous times, i got a lot of people in the marketing business and advertising and the one of the last spaces where they can – guarantee live eyeballs will be watching it live real time is sports that's why the entertainment ecosystem has shifted so drastically because everything is dvr and we watch everything on demand at you know our convenience which is great but there are only like three or four things now that people will watch live they'll watch live sports they'll watch live like politics or your debates live news and that includes your breaking news, like your disaster porn. That's why anytime there's a freeze, they go weather. They go full-time weather. We're going to boom. We're going to weather on your local news. They'll go weather for an hour straight. Why? Because they know you're going to watch. People will watch that because I was kind of perpetuating fear. But people will watch things like that. There are only a couple of things that people watch live. And sports is probably the main 
um, social agent now that people watch live. And not only do people watch live sports, this is the beautiful thing about it. They want to socialize about it, so they go on social media and talk about it. They don't really do that with a lot of other live medias as much as they do sports either. Like People watch a lot, a lot of um, award shows live, but uh, not as much chatter on social media about it. Doing sports, politics too, though, by the way. Politics is big about this. The entire time you're watching a, deba- a debate or a, a game, people are on social media talking about it real time and engaging others who are not watching the event either to participate in the discourse or to go, you know what, I'm turning this damn thing on right now. They just said something crazy. And that is a new phenomenon, and that's why everybody's got to get into sports, live sports. Yeah, 100%. And this gets you at the root. I mean, what, what do we talk about all the time? That sports is passion. Yeah. You know, sports you, in, in radio or in any medium, you're trying to create emotion, whether you're trying to make somebody mad or make someone sad. Politics. Or, you know, politics. <laughs> sports teams, I mean, Cowboy fans are sad this week. Yep. Cowboys made them mad and sad and depressed. Longhorn fans, Texans fans are excited. They're fired up. Mm-hmm. They've been excited in a long time. Longhorn fans were excited. And so the passion is what you're tapping into. And these regional sports networks do it as good as anybody because yeah, you can yeah. say what you want. No one's going to out-interest the NFL, right? I mean, and eyeball the NFL or college football. But if you're a, if you're a Ranger fan, you're watching that game every night. Yes, you are. Uh, especially after last year. Mm-hmm. If you're an Astros fan and you've been on this run, you're watching most of those games. I tune in to most of I mean, I mean, what have I told you guys? that uh, And you, Rod, I, I still have DirecTV all these years because that's where you can find the Astros. Yeah, you want to watch your team. Yeah. You want to watch my team. I'm like, and until <laughs> I can find a way, and maybe, unfortunately, Astros aren't a part of this because I dump DirecTV tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If I can get the Astros on Amazon Prime because I have Amazon Prime. Yep, me too. Damn guys at my house every day. I think we all have it because of that. Who's <laughs> at my house every day. Yeah. What are you doing here again? Get that Christmas guy Christmas gifts. Christmas <laughs> over <laughs> you might have given him a christmas gift he's there so much yeah man go away <laughs> but uh, we keep ordering things but yeah that's uh that's pretty cool so amazon and you're right i mean and that's in those regional that's where it's real the real passion is, you're right, right? about that's st louis cardinals fans yeah spurs fans spurs fans with Wemby, oh man spurs fans are Bucks be. fans in milwaukee dallas really wins here the city no kidding because isn't the mavs the rangers and the stars yeah all in this valley that's network? right that's right oh yeah so the city of dallas spurs look, Okay, see, yeah. yeah. So keep an eye on that. That's developing this morning. That just came down uh, in the last couple of hours. So that is huge, Amazon man. into that space to Damn, bail them out. You don't realize how many teams 37. are affected. I didn't realize that. Yeah, because on the, the West Coast is big because that's your, your Angels on it. The Clippers are in this group. Yeah, and it's big. So I'm going to uh, – It's big on the coast. Apparently, Bally has decided they want to be on the coast. Yeah. Because they're big on the East Coast. Your Florida brands like Tampa Bay Lightning, Orlando Magic, Miami Heat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Panthers. Yeah. This guy says cancel DirecTV yesterday. I'm in. I'm canceling. I, I almost did because I had the NFL. I don't know why I didn't. Uh, I kept it because the Astros. And then I should. I, I'm going to Because you got now. YouTube TV now, don't you? Don't I you? do. I had the, I so had the you YouTube package. Yeah. You got it all, man. Yeah. I had <laughs> it all. Uh, too much. Too much. It's time to, it's time to pare back for yeah, sure. And true. here first of the year, I'm probably going to I'll make that call today if I have time to wait on hold for 45 minutes. Hey, uh, Rod. Mm. Nice. Uh, and Ty is back. Ty, are you back from the uh, lavatory? The uh, just got back. Boys room. All right. Let me ask you this, because I, you know, sometimes we like to tell on ourselves and you know be candid, make hey. make make people react Nothing to us. Nothing wrong with that. So it turns out, you know, Ed O'Neill, no Ed O'Neill, uh, famous for his roles yeah, married in uh, with children? Al Bundy, yeah, and, and then of course Modern Family. Modern Family. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, you, I don't know if you know this, but he's he's from my neck of the woods, right? Originally, he's from the, from Youngstown, Ohio. I didn't know that. Part of that Youngstown group. Mm. And one of the things you need to know about Youngstown and where I grew up and then east of that, it's, 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 pretty, it's a pretty heavy mafia area. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, I've always told you, I mean, you, you hear it. If you ever watch Sopranos, you hear about got to go to Youngstown. 
Mm. Got to go to Cleveland. Because okay. it was all – it was a rust belt. So mm. a lot of things were happening along that corridor, that I-80 corridor. Yeah. And so if you needed to get you – know, Moving some weight, moving things. Moving some weight, yeah, moving yeah, yeah. supplies. And there were yeah. a lot of money. I mean, yeah. from Chicago. Because Detroit's where they built all the cars. Yep. And Chicago's the mafia, right? New York and Chicago with Capone and everything in between. Now you had to go through those areas to get there. So there was pretty heavy. Uh, Youngstown. Youngstown kind of like uh, Pittsburgh, a steel town, right? They made a lot of steel to build cars. And so point of that is Ed O'Neill grew up there and he actually played a football ride. Did you know that? He was, yeah. he was a player, he was a football player who played for the, uh, for the Steelers. I didn't know he played for the 1969. Steelers. 1969. He got a cup of coffee and he got cut. Now, here's the question I want to reveal on ourselves. Hmm. Ed now says that after he, before getting into acting, he was offered a job in the mafia. Yeah, a friend of his named Jim. Uh, offered him a job in organized crime. Said, I'll give you the easy stuff. You just collect. You do this. You run, drop some stuff off. Easy no, stuff. Easy stuff. Mm-hmm. But you're in. Now, once you're in, you're in. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> once you're in, you're in. Ain't no getting out. Uh, he, <laughs> not, how do I get out once I'm in? And so he took the hard <laughs> no. I mean, as our friend Colonel Craig Flowers always tells us, let's choose the hard no over the easy right. Yes. <laughs> and he took off to New York to pursue acting, and the rest is history. Wow. Think about how different the life would be. Let me ask you this, Rod. You were cut at some point by the NFL. Man. Ty, you've been at Crossroads. Have you ever been offered a job to do something illegal? Yes. Uh, well, I don't know if it was a job, but I had the opportunity to do some illegal stuff. <laughs> I don't know if it was a job. Ty jumped in there quick. Ty, you've been offered. Did you accept or did you say no thank you? I plead the fifth. <laughs> yeah, don't tell on yourself if you – yeah, don't do that. That's that's not smart. No legal activities are currently taking place. Okay. Nothing oh, that bad. No, I'm nothing that bad. But no, I'm not. No, I'm not perfect. Yeah, I don't know if I. Yeah, I would never entertain any like serious crime. Like that's crazy. I can't do that. I and I offered, guess collecting is. That's eh, borderline. This is a true story, Rod. And I did not do it. I was offered a pretty good good amount of money to uh, be a drug mule. Oh, drop still some in off? college, or maybe soon. I was because it had to be still in college because I wasn't married yet. Drop off a package. Yes, mm. my buddy. Had friends in Ohio, okay, and I I was going to Ohio anyhow and driving, and he wanted me to to take some stuff, mm. and he was flying there, yeah, and he just had to collect it when he got there because the way it goes, that stuff yeah, doesn't yeah. you can't find it readily in the winters in Ohio, okay, because it's yeah. cold, okay, you can find it in Texas, yes, plenty readily available, and you guys would make obviously a lot of money. And he said, I'll give you a cut <laughs> when I get yeah. up there. All my buddies, I'll be able to sell it, upcharge we'll it, make it, upsell it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, because this is good stuff. This is the good stuff from our guy Chico. Okay who was a drug mule himself, Wow! drug dealer here in Austin, that okay. lived below us in our apartment. Oh. And I said, nah, I can't do so that. So you took out, you were going to take the penitentiary chances while he just. It was a lot. It was a lot yeah, it's weight. Like, uh, it was, you got to make it worth it. That's probably a, yeah. lot, a, a way worse penalty for that back then. Uh, back then, this is the 90s. Yeah. This is the 90s. Oh, yeah. And I was like, man, and I was poor. I was broke. I said, nope, I can't do it. Yeah, state lines, too. Crossing state lines like, always to, gets. He yeah. says, you don't have to do anything. You just, uh, just just put it in the car and drive up there. And then I'll get it from you, and then it's over. And then you'll get your, your – I mean, it seemed easy, Rod. It is easy unless it ain't. Until unless, it ain't. Unless the worst-case scenario happens, and then you're like, what did my life take this horrible turn? <laughs> you know? Like, you know, this sounds like a real good idea. Do you know how much money was it? Can you say how much money it was? I don't even know. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. He, he just told me you'll make – he could – Look, I don't know what he's going to sell So you didn't, you didn't get to the negotiation period because you, you turned him down before y'all got to like, negotiating. You're like, no, nah, I can't do that, man. Can't take the chances. No. no the, the fear of prison, to me, has always determined me. That, that works for me. I've been to jail before, but prison is different. 
All right, jail is because you acting a fool one night and they had to throw you in jail because you're an idiot, got in a fight or something stupid. All right, you made a dumb decision. Eh, people go to jail for making stupid decisions it's all the time. It's usually an overnight situation. It's overnight, yeah, you get bailed out, whatever, whatever. That's a big thing. So I, I, I've been to jail. And just that alone has deterred me from making the kind of decision that would put me to put me in prison. Yeah. See, I have, I've known. I've never even I, gotten arrested. Me either. See, there you go. I have Good not spent the night in jail. Yeah. I have See? not spent the night in jail yet. And that's why that makes sense for you, Ty. That's why you have continued to make some questionable decisions. <laughs> because once you can spend a night in jail, you realize, like, oh, I never want to be here for an extended amount of time. <laughs> hell no. I don't know. These, uh, these people are animals. I'm getting the hell out of this place. And I will never make a decision bad enough to have me behind these bars for more than 24 hours or anything like that. So, yeah, prison scares the hell out of me. That's one of the things that it's one of my one of my worst nightmares to be in prison for something that I didn't do. I'm too scared of prison to make those kind of decisions. So I agree with E. But you say you're not scared of prison then. Ty. I mean, no, I am scared of prison. I just I, I don't <laughs> you better I, don't, be. I don't think I make any decisions that will ever get me into prison. Sent to prison. But you but you may have made them in your past that maybe could get you at least in that track, I guess is the what statute of limitations is up on your stuff, huh, Ty? It's done. Maybe <laughs> yeah, not. I mean I I was a bookie in college for a little bit. There's that. I guess I can admit that. The statues and limitations yeah. and that. See, I don't know if that'll get you. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, that, I don't know if that'll get you in It's not like I was the big dog, though. It's, it's a, yeah, it depends it's a, on how much. It's a bit yeah, of a pyramid scheme situation going on there. That's true. You might be dealing with some federal stuff there. I don't know. Because Uncle Sam wants his piece. No, yeah, because that's like tax stuff. That's like yeah. you ain't paying taxes on revenue you're making. That's, that's probably the worst situation. thing. I, I, I may or may not have cooked, cooked the books once or twice. Ooh. That's, that's probably the worst thing. Ooh. Okay. All right. You know who else was from Youngstown, Rod? That yeah. has NFL ties. A lot of people do. Oh, a, Stoops, a bunch of coaches. Stoops, yeah, yeah, a bunch of coaches. But uh, it's a Eddie, Eddie DeBartolo. Remember Eddie DeBartolo? Oh, yeah, the 49ers. owner of the 49ers. Oh, yeah. Youngstown. Mm-hmm. I realize yeah. that. And he was kind of shady, wasn't he? Big time. <laughs> yeah. It was, I was like, oh, he I mean, kind of He ran a sexy glamour team that featured mm-hmm. Bill Walsh and Joe Montana. Yeah. No, do you remember, Rod? In 1998, he had a corruption case. He, he was involved yeah. in a corruption case with the former governor of Louisiana. Uh-huh. And he had to, he was suspended for a full year. Yeah. He had to give up active control of the Niners. Oh, yeah. Remember before that, I want to say he got the Niners in trouble with the league because he violated the salary cap when they first started the salary oh, cap. Yeah. He was like, tell with that damn salary cap. And he was just making all kind of moves, violating the salary cap. He got in trouble for that, too, early. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. DeRullo was straight up shady, man. Hey. Listen, that's Youngstown. 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 Yeah. I'm telling you. And listen, go back and watch Sopranos. You'll hear him talk about Youngstown a lot. Talk about Youngstown, yeah. Hey, Paul, I needed to make a run to Youngstown because you just you take I-80 out of New York and or Jersey, and then you, I mean it's a long drive across Pennsylvania. But Youngstown's right on the border of uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio. I got gotcha. you. Once you cross yeah. it, and you're into Ohio, and then you're not far from where I grew up. I mean, you're you're you know almost to Cleveland or Akron. Uh, but yeah, Youngstown. So there you go. So Ed O'Neill did the right thing. He made the hard wrong. He made the hard right. That is uh, that's 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 interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean tr- those decisions they can change your life. That's the crossroad right there. Many end up being you know Ed O'Neill. Everybody loves on married with children and modern family. He could. Yeah, just I mean that's a, a big. Bo- I mean he looks forcer for the Ed, o- Ed O'Neill, big guy, looks more like a mafia guy than he does an actor. Like you don't think that guy? Oh, he's burly. Like he's big, you can tell he's burly. Big. Well, my thing was once you're in the mob, though, like it's hard. You can't get out. No, you can't get out. Like that's the thing about. I remember guys getting in gangs when I was young in my hood, and I was thinking to myself, "Well, how do you get out of the gang, though?" I'm, I, I'm cool with like you guys want to be in the gang because it's cool and you get protection early on and make a little money doing some of this. But then when I want to get out of the gang, how do I get out of the gang? And I think that's what always deterred me from being in a gang or a part of mob, whatever. It's like they don't let you out. Yeah. You gotta, I got to die to get out? 
<laughs> like no, you're either dead or in jail. <laughs> dead or in jail. No, when you're in jail, they still put you still in. Yeah, yeah. You're still a part of the mob when you go in because you can't snitch. I'm still a part of that gang. Matter of fact, I want to be in the gang. Yeah, when yeah. going to prison, I got to join a gang because I need protection. So when I go to prison, I got to join a gang. Yeah, that makes sense. You don't survive if you don't <laughs> yeah. join the gang. So I, that's, uh, I can never be in a mob or a gang because I'm always about, no, I'm trying to get out of this. And you know what? That never appealed to me. I never wanted to be in a frat or fraternity. I got guys that were in fraternities and stuff. I never really needed to be with, down with a group that bad. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not judging those who did, but I never need to be down with a group that bad. I like being alone sometimes. And, you know, once I get my group of friends that I trust, yeah, that's all I need. I'm good. This guy says, I went to jail in Mexico, guys. Had to sleep standing up. Worst night ever. Ooh, I had a friend that went to jail in Mexico and escaped. What? I won't even tell you who he was because y'all know who he is. He escaped. <laughs> he, fast? he escaped. And he found some way to get out of the handcuffs. They had him in like a back of a, like a wagon in handcuffs. And he and some other dude, he was handcuffed too. They got out. It was a weird, crazy story. And he escaped. But it was like he wasn't the only one. It was multiple, multiple guys trying to escape. And he got away. Crazy. Wow. No. Yeah, jail in Mexico is also scary. Like, I don't know what I would do if I went to jail in Mexico. Like, what do you do? <laughs> or you speak the language? No. Or maybe you speak Spanish. That'd be great, but hell no. You don't want to go to the hospital in Mexico. <laughs> My brother-in-law says, must going from West Coast to East Coast, took a wrong exit by accident, turned back onto the highway over the median right in front of a cop, <gasps> had pounds in the trunk. No. I was moving. Oh, don't do the illegal U-turn. Because, no. you know, when I was still thinking about this uh, drug mule operation, I was thinking, well, you know, I could drive the speed limit. Yeah, just be, yeah. Just hit it on for 60, mm-hmm. cruise control, 10 and 2. Yeah, you got you a, and you got a great story if you do get stopped. That's key, too. You got to get a story when you do get stopped. Oh, like yeah. your story was you were just driving back going to back see family. To, going to see family. Going to see family. He's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You got to get a story. That's why a lot of drug mules, they want to do it with like an old lady in the car, a family or something. So you don't, you look, you know, you don't look suspicious. Yeah, for sure. I, I got my grandmother in the car. Why would I be, explore, why would I be transporting drugs? It's like, she's not my grandmother. Mm-hmm. I just paid her to be with me. Look like my grandma. Yeah. Trust me. I could be a good drug mule, but. I'm black, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to get I, I can think it through, but yeah. in the end, I'm black, so I would get stopped. <laughs> one of those cities, man. Right yeah, you know what I'm saying? Going to see, I got family in Ohio. You don't want any black drug mules. I I'm get sorry. my dresses. <laughs> I'm not, not going to get pulled over. Yeah, I'm you'll gonna, be good. You're good. Yeah, I just, there's too much of a risk. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, you know what? I you made the right that. decision, E. Can't you made the right decision, man. Can't do it. Whatever can go wrong. Will go wrong. Yep. I often, I've noticed that, so. Just prepare for the worst. It seemed like a your... good idea. I mean, it really did. It's like, well, yeah, I get it. They, but then, if you they get... want some stuff. You can't get it. Too, there's snow on the ground in Ohio. It's too damn cold. <laughs> you know, you can't get anything up there. It's hard to move it. But here's the thing. You can't thing. fly it on the plane. It would have worked out that time, and you might have tried to do it over and over again. That's the thing. They always say, like, criminal behavior. You never really get caught the first time. It's because they didn't get caught the first time or the second time. They think, oh, I can get away with this. Oh, I can get away with D. Yeah, that was so Dr- easy. It was so easy. Oh, I drive drunk all the time. It's like, all right. And then you get caught like the sixth or the seventh time. Yeah. So even if somebody gets caught, it's never the first time they did it. 100%. It was probably their fourth or fifth time. They got too confident, a little too cocky. Yep, that's right. Yeah. All right, there you go. Uh, good stuff right there. Well, it's, it's one of those fabulous fifth-hour conversations oh, based on those. football and Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill. <laughs> Ed good O'Neill. for Ed. And look, Ed, Ed got to be married to, uh, what's her name, Sofia Vergara, and to ever Al- Peg Bundy. Yeah, I got, I got to say, the, the, the one – That never yeah, made sense. The one made sense, married children, okay, that's realistic. That Sophia Vergara one, because he was never that rich. I can understand if he was like a sugar daddy, Sophia Vergara, and she married him because, I mean, look at all his money. But he was an old man, and he was like – I think he was like a closet. He was like, in, like he was like at the closets was his business. Yes. He's like a professional closeteer or something. He would like organize people's closets. And he became like a, a rich guy from organizing closets. 
living in L.A.? No. I, I didn't watch. I, I watched did. that show, but I certainly didn't watch it start to finish. Did they ever clarify where they met and all that stuff and who she was? I don't Is that like a mail order thing? So. <laughs> I don't know if they ever went into detail about the background of how they met. That's a good show, though. Modern Family is a quality show. It was, a, it was a quality sitcom. I do not because yeah. I do know I've worked in this it's industry quality. long enough to know and been alive long enough to know Rod. I knew somebody who I worked with who ordered a wife from Russia. Mail order. Yeah. How, how long? I did, met her. How long did it last? I think they're still together. Nice. <laughs> Good for you. Still together. He's been married a couple times. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with these American women. Yeah. I'm going to give me a male autobiography who's grateful for what I can bring to the table. Yeah, this and is Eddie Murphy's skirt. Yeah, well, American women complain about what you don't bring to the table. Man, we, we ain't got this. We ain't got that. Hey, that male autobiography, she's like, we got a lot here. This is amazing. There are probably some people out there listening who know what I'm talking about because you've worked with them before, too. Yeah, he used to like, bring her to the golf course, and she'd sit in the cart. <laughs> Did she complain? Nope. <laughs> Kept his score, didn't say a word. Got him beers. Oh man! Did she was she fluent in the language? No. Wow. Like our language? No. Yeah. Wow. No, they communicated though on a different level. Whip appeal, man. Whip appeal. We communicate through uh, deep she looks. Seemed very happy. Yeah. You know, good for them. That's yeah. you know because you know what I'm happy for him because he figured out you know what made him happy. Figure out what makes you happy, man. I'm a yeah. simple guy. Isn't that, exactly. That, that's very illegal, is it not? Is that not just human trafficking uh, essentially? No, because no, I think the ladies can, like, voluntarily sign up for yes. it, and they're looking to meet somebody. And I don't they, know. And they want citizenship. I remember when he told me he was doing it, and I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, they want citizenship, and he wants companionship. Yeah. So it's a business With deal. pro quo. Yeah, exactly. And then the hope is that she grows to have affection and love for him. You know, because he's a nice person, and once they get to know her, and the fact that, and then she gets past the, just the citizenship thing, girls. No, no, actually, I, I look forward to a companionship, and we have relationships, and if they're still together, that's definitely what happened, best case scenario. Well, and you remember the, uh, the great Eddie Murphy stand-up Raw when he talked about the, uh, the bush lady from Africa. That he was going to go there with the bone in her nose. <laughs> <laughs> and then by, by a little while later, after meeting all the girls, I want half, Eddie. I want half. <laughs> exactly, because they become Americanized yeah. almost. It's like, you know, yeah. I, I earned half. Hey, you know what? And, and I'll, I'll say this because I watch this show. You're, that's this trashy show. I watch a lot of trash TV when I get the chance to decompress. 90 Day Fiance, which is essentially based oh, on yeah. that premise. Oh, I've you never seen that. I've seen uh-huh. the previews. I've never watched it, one. It, it's based on basically, they're not all male or the bride. Sometimes it's the men that are, uh, you know, obviously in a relationship with the woman who is American. But they got 90 days uh, once they filed the paperwork to get married so they can get the green card and citizenship. And the whole show is about how in that the process of dating and getting to know each other. Deadlines make deals. Uh, oh, man, it, I, it, it is a really interesting show. These people are just, I mean, they are just disasters. Just as toxic as you could get. And they're from all over all they're walks all, of life. all over the world. Do they try to match the them with likes or just throw them together? No, no, they, these are people who got together via, you know, social media, via dating websites, online dating, and they're already together, and they just kind of track the relationships and follow the relationships as they all try their best um, to get married, and they don't all obviously accomplish that. They try to get married and then, you know, have kids and all this kind of stuff. It's fascinating. It is. But it's the male order bride thing. Okay, so I never understood how that worked. Okay, that, okay well, I'm going to check that yeah, out. Yeah, they got 90 days to get married with, with after filing the paperwork, and if they don't get married within that 90-day window, the paperwork, I believe, expires. Or, like, their deadline expires, and then they got to start everything all over again. And as you know, it takes years. 
to like actually be considered for citizenship in the, in in America. Like you take you got to go through all these different you know loopholes and meet all these different people and be approved by these different um, committees and all this kind of stuff. So it's it's a pretty lengthy process. So that ninety day window for them is sacred. Yeah. They got to get married in that ninety day window. I like it. Yeah. Well, the guy I know, he you know, she wasn't she was attractive. It worked out for him. Well, well hold on. You're getting an ugly male on the bride, then problem number one. What, what are you doing? <laughs> the whole point of male on the bride is at least I'll get. You get to see some pics. Yeah. yeah I get to, exactly. I get to go through a catalog. I'm like, ooh, I like that one. Come on. If you got an ugly male on the bride, then. Yeah, you want someone you're going to be attracted to, obviously. You don't want. One. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's what you're. you're I mean, that's, that's in any relationship. I need to be physically attracted to you. Yes, it's That's got to happen. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so man, it's a, it's an interesting show. It's an interesting show. I just throw it out there, <laughs> kind of like your base. But I like that you you know somebody that did it, and you said they haven't gotten divorced. They're still together. Well, That's... I haven't seen the guy in a long time, so I'm not. You sure. need to check on him because I want to know now. Because I was I was probably in my 30s, and he was already in his 50s. So the, I I don't know what he's doing now. Oh, so you talking about 20 years? Why 70 something now? Or like yeah, he probably is in his high 60s. By and now. how young? Much younger was she? Than he was, because I know she was. Yeah, I don't know her age. We, we couldn't communicate, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't communicate. Did she smile a lot, though? Yeah, she, she did. So she, she was did. happy. She was very jovial. Man, hey, long as she's happy. Yeah. That's, hey, good, good for her, man. I'm happy for both of them. It ain't easy to find uh, you know, companionship. And I days. give him credit. He tried the real way a couple times. We all have. It's tough. <laughs> it ain't easy. It ain't easy, man. Trust me, I got married 50, at 40. What is it, 56% of them end? end. Which uh, and if you count the ones that uh, are just kind of staying together for the kids or whatnot, you're up around seventy percent. I would say so. The so, ones, the ones who are leading uh, lives of quiet desperation <laughs> and are secretly unhappy and so depressed we, at home. Why do we celebrate people who make a seven out of ten decision that it's not going to work? Because <laughs> because romantic. I, I, yeah, I think we know how rare it is to find like true love. It's true. It is, and, and to keep like how long y'all been married? You and Andy, how long? Twenty six seven. That is amazing. Yeah. That is really, I mean, that is a credit to both of y'all. And they got great kids and a great family. Like, that's becoming now more the exception than not the rule. Yeah. Well, that's, you know. uh, but, you know, the, the numbers would tell you, you're the numbers guy, right? They would say, this is not smart. What are I, we doing? I kept telling my wife that when she wanted to get married. I was like, what are you talking about? This is a failed proposition. I give you the numbers. Most people fail at it, and you want to. This is a negligent activity. <laughs> are you not paying attention? Oh. And, nope, she wanted to get married. So I was like, and when I first met that woman, she did not want to get married. She was. She was, uh, she was respecting the numbers and saying, nah, actually, there's no point in it. We're going to end up divorced anyway. She ends up on that way. And then, it like, eight years right. later, she's like, I want to get married. And I, you know what it was? It was, it was more the, the friends around her. Like, every last friend she had, had was married and had kids. And uh, I think that pressure, was more. pressure. Yeah, it was more the peer pressure. Well, we kept going to the weddings. I think we, that was my mistake. I kept taking her to the weddings. I should have refused to go to the first. We went to like five or six, maybe maybe more than that, weddings while we were together. And I think ultimately it was like, no, we kept going to too many weddings. Oh, people had met after we met. Yeah, we had been together long. Or go to the wedding and stand up and say, this isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get rude. I'm like, man, one of these relationships got to fail. But all of our friends kept getting married. And I was like, you know what? We're going to do it. Let's do it. But she's, a, she, this, no, she's you, the right one. The right I, chose, one. I, cho- I chose. I love you. Wisely. I still think about that when you told me that. Just you, made her, you made her prove it because you met a lot of girls who were just there to get married. Oh, yeah. What even about you? They didn't were, care they, they were, Yeah, they were, they were engaged with someone else a year later after you guys broke engaged up. Engaged with kids. With kids. <laughs> I, had, I had two different ex-girlfriends who had, who had married and had kids with 
within a year of us breaking up, I thought to myself, is that long enough to get over me? That must be easy to get over. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but I figured yeah, out, no, were... those waves going to marry anybody. And I was just, thank God I wasn't the next one in line for them. Yeah. And I was just a dude with, you know, a job and a dude that, you know, could provide them with children potentially. No, I think my lady now wanted to be with me. There you go. I like that. That's yeah. good stuff right there. All right, so there's some uh, fabulous fifth hour on a Wednesday. <laughs> random conversation. conversation. Starts with Ed O'Neill <laughs> and the mob and making the hard hard no, or the hard right, I should say, and now we're, we're on to marriage. So we'll move on. We'll come back. We'll go behind the burn orange <laughs> curtain, Rod, because the Longhorns added two more portal yes, pieces sir. yesterday. Could there be more to come? Uh, because we told you our buddy Jerry Hamilton told us there's a, a Longhorn cornerback uh, prospect who could be coming in here this week uh, to visit. Hopefully he comes when it's 70 degrees, not 23 degrees. Details coming on. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. <laughs> People trying to guess who I was talking about that I used to work with. It's not that person. <laughs> Trust me, it's not that person. The, the male on the bride? Yeah. It should be easy, right? You should well, know based on the wife. Yeah, no, it, it was a long, it was a while ago. I've been doing this a long time, Rod. Okay. Yeah, it was someone I knew way back, but I, it was when because he had already been in the industry a long time, and I was just getting in, just just coming up through it. So, okay. learned a lot from him. But uh, what to, not to do? We also <laughs> had a, what not to do? We also what? had a guy that worked with us at the time back then, Rod, that ended up in prison. Not to be too. Uh, you know, was bad. it a victimless crime? Um, it was no. <laughs> well, no, no. He, didn't, he didn't hurt anybody specifically, but no, he went to prison for, um, yeah. Okay. Bad acts. All right. Um, yeah. You know, drugs of some kind. Uh, yeah. But either way, yeah, so no, it wasn't good. But yeah, you know, he, 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 I think he's probably listening right now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There you go. <laughs> then that's, he's a P1 then. Yeah. Listen forever. Like you know, that. Yeah, people make mistakes as long as you, you know, don't, don't do the crime. You can't pay the time or whatever they say. Or do hey, the time. As long as you pay your debt to society. Hey, this, the, the country's all about redemption. We're all about redemption in this country, man. That's, that's all, exactly that's, right. That's the greatest story I think that we can tell in this story is redemption because we all make mistakes. We, we all, all fall do. short. We all hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, so a lot going on. We uh, got off the course, but that's good. That's the typical for a fabulous fifth hour on a Wednesday. We got games coming up uh, this weekend, oh, yeah. and we got Longhorns with portal things that are happening. Let's go behind the burn orange curtain one more time. All the news that uh, on Ryan's brain, Texas related. Two more portal entries. Still could be more to come, too. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's talk some uh, Texas football because there are a lot of headlines. It seems like every day there are more and more headlines. And uh, if you follow recruiting, uh, you're familiar with the the, the hashtag Sark After Dark, where it seems like Sark After Dark took over uh, last night. Uh, and the Longhorns got two more acquisitions via the transfer portal. 
uh, at the wide receiver position, I think most people are really excited, uh, at least a little bit more excited about this acquisition. Silas Bolden. Silas Bolden is a uh, uh, wide receiver from Oregon State. Now, he's small-ish. He's about 5'8", uh, maybe 160. I think he may be pushing 160, uh, but he's 5'8", 160, but he is explosive. Very twitchy wide receiver. 54 catches, 741 yards, five touchdowns. You can project him to be much more productive in a Sark system. I think that's what Sark's doing with a lot of these guys. Uh, he is a elite punt returner, actually. Didn't, didn't have a lot of punt returns. He had Three punt returns in 2023, but returned one of them for a touchdown and averaged over 32 yards per punt return. Um, he's also a really good kickoff returner, averaged over 25 yards per return in kickoff returns. So this is a guy that can help you in the return game, uh, but definitely help you in the receiving room. And he doesn't have necessarily top-end speed, like top-end straight-ahead speed, like a guy like Isaiah Bond, right, or, or Ryan Niblett or Ryan Wingo. Those guys are 10-5, 10-400-meter guys, top-end speed, but what Aaron, Butler, uh, what Aaron Butler and Silas Bolden, the kind of Jante Cook and Matthew Golden, those guys, they have explosive twitchiness, explosive agility, and the guys who are almost as quick as they are fast, that is Silas Bolden, and I think Sark is going to have a lot of creative ways to get him the football in space and on the move, uh, which is when he does a lot of his damage. He's surprisingly good at contested catches, but I love the way he stacks DBs when he's going deep. Uh, for a small wide receiver, you usually don't see that. It makes life easier on his quarterback in terms of ball placement on deeper vertical routes downfield. But even though you lose now, you're going to lose Xavier Worthy in that wide receiver room. And of course, you've got to replace what 80% of your receiving production overall if you include the tight ends and the running backs. You're going to lose maybe the fastest player in college football. Xavier Worthy by Real Analytics was tracked as the fastest ball carrier in college football in 2023. You lose X-Man, but as I'd venture to say, this offense may be faster overall than it was last season even though you're losing your fastest player on the team in Xavier Worthy because you're going to now replace him with guys like Isaiah Bond um, Ryan Wingo, those are 10-5 10-600 meter guys, Ryan Niblett is also in that wide receiver room, he's a 10-5 10-600 meter guy, and then there's Aaron Butler and Silas Bolden we just talked about, Jonte Cook, Matthew Golden transferring in, uh, one to three that's transferring in and the transfer portal this year in the wide receiver room, he's from U of H but he's an explosive player as well you know he's explosive look at his kickoff return numbers this is a guy that's averaging 30, over 35 yards per kickoff return this season nine kickoff returns total with two touchdowns he only touched it nine times on the kickoff return or returned nine of them but two of those were for touchdowns averaging over 31 yards per return in his career on kickoff returns explosive playmaker so to me it does feel like Sark is starting to recruit his type of receiver. I said it before, Sark has a type. Right? Uh, and we all have a type, right? I'm sure if we looked at all the people you've dated, you got a type, I got a type. Uh, Sark's type is small, slight, and speedy. And all these guys are starting to kind of fit. It's Silas Bolden, small, slight, and speedy. Uh, you go look at <clears throat> Aaron Buller, the kid they brought in from Calabasas. Small. Time out, time out. Sark's wife, L'Oreal, is smallish. And she was a track star. And she's up, uh, and she is. She's slight. She's slender. Boom. He's got a tight. See, she, they met at USC when she uh, was a track coach there. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. See, look at E putting it together. Boom. I like that. <laughs> Going deep. 
Well, you know what? I like his type. I'll just say that then. <laughs> I'm a fan of Sark's type as well. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and what I say about this group is I think all around they're going to be a faster group of wide receivers. So I think he's trying to blitz opponents with speed. And I can tell you right now, that is nightmare fuel for a defensive coordinator. You just don't have enough fast defenders to match up with that much speed at the wide receiver position. And if you add in Jaden Blue, who was tracked as the fastest running back in the country last year, you're talking about maybe the fastest offense in the country or one of the fastest offenses in the country, and I would even double down that or maybe triple down on it. And I would say that Sark, at one point in his Alabama play-calling career, he had a, a, um, he had a package, just a, a certain personnel package he called the red package, where he would deploy all four of those first-round wide receivers, Judy, Waddle, Ruggs, and Smith, on the field at the same time nightmare fuel for a defensive coordinator and there's just no way you have enough speed to match up or skill to match up with those guys i would if i'm sorry i would explore bringing back that red package here at texas now you don't have four first round wide receivers but you do have four really fast wide receivers who have explosive agility who i think would really put uh defenses in a bind if you put that much speed on the field hell they probably call a timeout to make sure they adjusted and matched up well with that so that's something to keep in mind. Sark did it with the pony package. When he had uh, Rojo and Bijan Robinson um, on the roster, he broke out the two tailback sets, and a lot of the reason that he did it was to maximize personnel. What, it, what personnel grouping can I put on the field that will present the most problems uh, to um, the opposing defense? That, that pony package with Rojo and Bijan definitely presented problems with X-Man, JT Sanders in that group. I think a, a 10 personnel package, one back, zero tight ends, with that much speed on the field, with a Jaden Blue in the backfield, could really present problems to an opposing defense that they just wouldn't be able to solve personnel-wise. You don't have the personnel. I don't have enough fast guys. So what am I going to do? That means you're playing zone. You mean, exactly. A lot of zone. You got to play zone, back it up. And should be able to run the football. Uh, at um, least you know, maybe this is this presents a problem. That's what you want. We want to put a defense coordinator on their on their heels. Okay, how do I? You know, you're you're pressing the envelope here. They have to react to you. Yep. And that's what you've talked about the pony package, and as you said, get your best guys. And I, I do think it is interesting, and we learned so much about uh, the football theory from Rod. But you know, last year when you you know it wasn't about the speed, but it was about you had. You know, different types of receivers. You had X-Man, you yep. had AD, you had Jordan, and then you'd have JT Sanders, who was just a problem. Like, like And the, as you said, when, when Sark would try to hunt matchups with JT Sanders, that's just moving him in motion and seeing who's going to take him. Okay, yep. that's, a, that's a matchup we can win. Every time. We yep. win. <laughs> and I, and I, I, I would like to see JT Sanders with Quinn Ewers when Quinn Ewers is a third or fourth year starter. I think he oh. would have used him more. Oh, I agree with you. Like Patrick Mahomes uses Kelsey. Yes. He would have been going to him more. Yep. Because that would have been the easiest matchup. Yeah. Uh, and he's still learning, um, you know, how to, how to progress through those routes and th- through that, through that uh, progression tree. But uh, it's interesting. And I would say this, Rod, some breaking news. We told you uh, earlier this morning, Caleb Downs, the uh, oh, yeah, safety. phenomenal freshman safety from Alabama, yep. uh, announced he plans to enter the portal. I don't know if Texas will be a factor there. But uh, Jabbar Muhammad, the top-end corner from Washington, Rod, according to our friend Jerry Hamilton from On3 Sports, is en route to Austin right now. Damn, that was fast. He's on his way for a visit. Alabama scheduled for later this week. Wow. But uh, Jabbar Muhammad um, okay. coming on his way. Uh, Terry Joseph, of course. And, you know, I'm assuming his cousin Manny Muhammad, Malik Muhammad, will be his host when he gets here. Like, yeah. okay, pick him up at the airport. That's, that is, yeah, that's fast. And if you get him, he'd walk in as your best cover guy. I mean, he's a guy that can play. He'll play on Sundays. He'll play in the NFL. And you know he, he, he's from DeSoto, so he – 
you know, he knows a lot of these guys in his locker room. Yes, he does. He's, he's friends with Jontae Cook, um, you know, obviously related kinfolk. Well, he started at Oak it. State and then transferred up to Washington. Mm-hmm. And, um, but from DeSoto originally, that whole South Dallas corridor. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of familiar faces when he, when he gets here. Yeah, and like I said, if they bring him in, the, the, the secondary, in my opinion, will go. And we obviously were a little disappointed that Coach Aquino is not going to be uh, joining the Longhorns in a, in any capacity. Now, that's not confirmed just yet either, but it, it, things were trending toward Coach Aquino joining the Longhorns as an analyst. Now things are trending the other way, that he may stay at Arizona and accept a, an assistant coaching position. which With a new coach, new yes. staff, and a, be a part of it. Yeah, difference financially in about close to $300,000. Well, you can understand, the new, money. <laughs> I mean, you can understand the new coach at Arizona coming in to replace Jed Fish, and he's like, you know, this guy's done, this, done it at the highest levels, and I, he knows this roster. Yep. He knows this team because he was an analyst last year. Players know him too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's not that. But with the defense backfield, I will say it'll go from a weakness last year, which it certainly was, a big reason why you lost that game to Washington, to being a strength uh, in one offseason. If you're bringing in Makuba and you get Jabbar Muhammad, I mean, you're talking about those guys are multi-year starting, all-conference caliber DBs that you're adding to the mix. And then Jaday Barron coming back? Uh, yeah. And then the improvement overall of the corners? I mean, you may end up with but just Muhammad's. At your corners, Jabbar Muhammad and Malik Muhammad, and those two guys are natural coverage specialists, natural coverage guys, and then you would have versatility, a ton of versatility, if you start looking at Day Barron at safety, uh, Makuba at safety, and a Derek Williams at safety. And the reason I say safety because I think at one point we're going to be interchangeable with our safeties and our nickels. I think that's where they're going. I think if you go look at how teams are able to – uh, diagnose and decipher the rules uh, that Texas, the rules that bind the structural integrity of their defense. They usually do it by finding out the assignment, the align by, by the assignment and the alignment, if you will, of the nickels and the safeties, and then exploit matchups formationally. Uh, that way, formation to boundary, three by one set. I think Texas wants to get away from that, get away from that rigidity uh, that gave the opposing offense way too many clues and way too many hints as to what the defense was, what the coverage was, what the personnel of uh, the, the front was going to be what the pressure package was going to be I think now uh, they'll be able to be more malleable uh, with that group and that malleability will make it tougher for our offenses to get pre-snap reads on who's got what responsibility what coverage they're playing based on their alignment and based on their assignment so I think that's kind of where Texas is going and, it, it, and it, I think it'll be really effective too no question. Yeah, yeah, and we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, mm-hmm. Jabbar Muhammad will be here today, according to Jerry Hamilton. And uh, the Longhorns also likely looking at tight end and maybe even defensive tackle here mm-hmm. before the portal opportunity closes here. Because you remember, you can address needs after spring practice too. Because when spring practice is over, spring semester wraps up is when the portal open again. That's true. And players are, will be available too. And we've seen Texas go after players come spring as well. They're going to need to do a D-tackle. D-tackle probably comes the most. Because yeah. you don't want to rush something right now until you have your, your D-tackle coach hired don't even have one don't have them and that's gonna be tough to recruit without one and um you know as we've said maybe maybe rod Wright of the houston texans and on their staff is part of the Sounds part good. of the guy that they're zeroing in on but he's working he's got a good he's got a game on saturday it's pretty big <laughs> pretty houston. Good. yeah no doubt and we'll keep an eye on that caleb down story too because that's a big one there are people <laughs> suggesting that he uh insiders that he could you know He's as big as maybe a, a, one of the, a top end quarterback hitting the market. To have a freshman safety was an All American as a freshman, dynamic playmaker in the back end. 
Um, you know, he's into the portal now with, with Nick Saban moving on, so keep an eye on him and where he's going to go. Uh, talking about this, uh, this portal wow. mess and madness. Uh, we'll pick it up on the other side when we do What's Poppin', Rod? What's Poppin' into what's poppin'? Uh, a Wednesday night as we're getting you midway through the week, getting you towards the divisional playoff weekend. What's poppin' today and the night on Hook'em Up coming next. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. What's poppin'? Who you Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight stocking. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. What is popping as we wrap up the uh, Wednesday edition of what uh, Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby? Is this popping for you, Rod? That uh, according to this, you know Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets, NBA player. Yeah. Who grew up in Tomball, Texas, which is mm-hmm. kind of a country town, not far from where I grew up. As a matter of fact, he's a country music fan. Yeah, he's been. It says here he's been quietly working on his own country album for over a year. Jimmy Butler. He's supposed says to have it already, done by now. Says he's already got about sixty songs, aiming to record around two hundred to have more to choose from. According to the Guardian. Yeah, he's supposed to have it done by now. Why is it? Yeah, why is it so long? Why is his album so? How, why is he recording so many songs? Yeah, I. I you got sixty. You just pick ten and put them out. <laughs> yeah, <you're right. laughs> it's like, well, look, it only takes us ten to twelve for an album because he's been working this for a long time. Well, he's Jimmy Butler. You can put out a five-song EP and just see what people like it. Yeah, keep put, putting a, them out. put out a single and see what people think of it yeah, at man. least. So, because I read about this like two years ago, because the story of him uh, becoming a country music fan is awesome. Matter of fact. I'll find the audio and we can play it tomorrow. It's awesome. He became a fan of country music. No BS. Even though he was born in Texas, ironically, he was not a fan of country music. He said his teammates annoyed him because all of them would sit at their lockers and they'd have their headphones on, but they'd have their headphones like turned outward and they wouldn't have them on their ears. They'd have them around their necks and they'd just turn them up all the way so they could hear it. But he said the problem with that is everybody can hear your music. And I'm annoyed. I don't want to hear your music. I want to hear my music. So he said to get back at them, <laughs> all for you know refusing to turn their headphones down and to put their headphones in their ears. He said he brought out a speaker and said, I want to play the most annoying song that I can think of, and I'm going to annoy everybody in this locker room and teach them a lesson. He picked a country music song because he thought it was the most annoying possible song he could play. He played it so much, no BS, he started to like the song. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not BSing with you. And then he said through that process, he started to dive into more and more country music and then became obsessed with the genre. Real story, I BS you not. I'll, I'll play the audio See, Jimmy, for you. never judge a book by its cover. You know what I'm BS saying? United. He was like, he started playing it ironically for his teammates. He started to like it and then started to actually jam country music before games in the locker room. Well, I mean, isn't it's, that crazy? It's funny. It's where you, it's your, it, that is amazing because I would have thought it was because he's from Tomball. No. And I know Tomball because when I was a kid, where I grew up was a 5A area, but not, you drive up to Tomball. It was like a 3A you know, country town, mm-hmm. country community. Oh, no doubt. I mean, now Tom Ball's blown up, and it's like everything else in Houston. But that was back 3A, all uh, all you know, cowboy boots, and Virginia City was the big uh, honky-tonk that was between where I mm-hmm. lived and Tom Ball. And uh, that's where he grew up. And then he went to Tyler Junior College, so you learned some country music at Tyler Junior College, right? That's true. You can't avoid it in Texas. Mar- then he went to Marquette, where it changed. You know, there's another guy that uh, people don't know. Remember the Birdman? Remember Chris Anderson, the NBA oh, player? Oh, yeah, tatted up. You know, he's from Iola. You know where Iola is? Iola's a tiny little town. I know he's from Texas. I don't like, know where. Like between, you know, the Woodlands, and like Conroe and Bryant, College Station. Iola. Yeah. That's where he grew up. He went to Blinn Junior College. That guy also, you know, from a tiny little town. 
crazy. Crazy. Will end up in the NBA. Uh, apparently, the song was no BS because I'm, I'm telling you, it's a real true story. The song was Tim McGraw's "Don't Take the Girl." That's a great song. <clears throat> yeah, he, he was playing. It, cry he was playing it to annoy his teammates. He and turns out some Billy Ray Cyrus <clears throat> or something. No, he said he was playing it to troll Achy, his break teammates. Heart. And turns out the troll job was on himself because he ended up really liking it and became a country music fan. Oh, that's a good one. Tim McGraw, of course, mm-hmm. he's got a sports background with his father. But, uh, yeah, I mean, don't, don't, don't take the girls a very sad song. That'll make you cry. Especially, Rod, you should, you should listen to that. you got a daughter now. It's a great story. It is a great story. It's a, it's a, I've I'm listened sure, to the sure. song. I don't like the song, though. It's sad, though. Yeah, it's a sad yeah, song. Yeah. It's not, it's not my kind of country. It's a slow girl. one. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's a very I, slow ballad. I, I love country, by the way. Like, I, I mean, I'm big in the country. Zach Bryan, I'm obsessed with lately. Yeah. Um, so I do. I love me some country. Uh, I don't like that kind of country. That is a sad, depressing Radio country. Kind of country. Mm, yeah. What do you think Tim like McGraw's radio? Yeah, that's, that's, I'm not yeah, Tim a radio guy. Yeah, that that got a lot of run country. on radio. I mean, it's a sad song. I mean, girls, the girls, everybody tears up about it. But it's yeah. about a dad who, girl, daughter's sick, don't take the girl, take anything else, take my no, girl. No, 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 no. It's about, it's so it starts with a little boy, or a dad taking his little boy on a fishing trip, and there's a girl there that's like their a family friend or something, and he's like begging them not to take the girl. And then as time goes on, he ends up being with her. They get, like, robbed during the song. He's like, don't take the girl. And then she gets sick at the end. But That's right. Damn. It's a love story. It's a love story. It's, That's it's right. Like You're right. It's not about his daughter. Depressing. It's about, about the girl. I've listened to that one a few times at, like, 3 a.m. after the bar. And sure. you cried. You cried, Ty. Yeah, you know, you I, teared up. I, like my, I love sad country. I don't like sad country. After about 12, uh, mm-hmm. six hours at Deep Eddie. <laughs> I know. You like those women who will intentionally go watch a sad movie because they want to cry. Oh, yeah. Everyone's like, yeah. So Steel I, Magnolias. They're like, I need a good cry. Feel so what? Yeah, and I'm like, hold up. So you sat down here and you, you've actually got time out of your day. You set out time out of your day just so you could cry for 40 minutes watching this movie? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I actually so I fast-forwarded to the part that made me cry. And I'm like, that's, that's why women live longer than men. Because a woman, they understand that you do need that release. Got to laugh, you got to cry. Of that, they make that emotional Belvano. injury. You should yeah. laugh and cry every day. And if you hold it in like men do, we don't laugh enough or cry enough, then you die of cancer too early. Because <laughs> you hold it in. That, those things become physical afflictions yeah. and manifestations. Yeah, they, they, it's like poison. It's like, I let them out. Yeah, let it gotta out, let man. it out, man. Let it cry. Hey, cry every now and then. Go watch Shawshank Redemption or whatever. What, what movies make men cry? What's the movie that make men cry automatically? What is Brian it, Ty? Song. Brian Song's up there. There's another really sad one. What am American I Sniper makes me cry. Uh, yeah. Oh, is that a good one? Make you cry? Okay. That's, That's another one. Yeah, me, me and my friends used to have the American Sniper Challenge, which is you get home from the bars and you have to drink <laughs> slash consume everything that's in the house uh, and try to make it through the entire movie. And only one person makes, completed it. Seabiscuit <laughs> makes me cry a couple times in that movie, Seabiscuit. Oh, uh, that a good one? Yeah, Seabiscuit, the horse racing movie. I mean, Seabiscuit was a real story, but mm. that makes me cry. Also, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove will make you cry a couple yeah, times. Okay, I got you. That's on like that. eight hours long. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, make you cry a few All times. Right. Uh, and you know what? The, you know what show? That there's a show that my wife used to watch. I would watch it with her sometimes. That this is us on NBC. People this love that us. show. It's a great show. Uh, yes, I've seen. Well this. done. Where they go through like generations or some kind yeah, of like that, right? They, but they bounce from the very beginning, like the first episode. They're going through a couple. It's yeah. it's really well done. I've heard about that. As far as like over the air, big big network television shows, one of the better ones, and it'll y- your girl will cry every time. Okay. Every episode, you'll cry. Like right. literally, 
And not just a little bit of crying, but like, like, like oh, ugly cry, ugly cry. <laughs> yeah, I don't cry when I'm watching. Inter- like, I've never cried watching a, a movie or a TV show. And I'm, I'm looking. For, I want to cry watching a movie or a TV show. I have. I'll tear up. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, some, some of those like uh, America's Got Talent auditions will get me to tear up every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, I don't they, know. They, they I mean, tug at your heartstrings. Yeah. And they, it's a sad the backstory story. or the mom. And then when they come out and sing, and the chairs turn around, and mom's going crazy, and she's battling cancer. I mean, it's sad. It's sad. Damn, I'm dead inside. This stuff doesn't get to me like it. I think it should. You know, I'm a highly emotional start. person, as y'all know, though. So yeah, we know that about you. All right, I'll try to cry more then. I guess yeah, it's a good thing. It's yeah. a good thing. I got a daughter now, so I got to open up these, these you emotional cry, valves. Go back and watch the Cowboys game today. <laughs> <laughs> Tears. There you go. Tears. Or I are going to harken back to when the Oilers left Houston and got ripped on Bud Adams. Oh, this made me cry. Oh, uh, that was sad. Actually, I got really sad about that. That makes me sad. Love you, Blue. I'm a Love you, Blue guy, baby. Love you, Blue. That was my team, bro. Hey, can I mention uh, congratulations to our, your friend of mine, uh, John Bianco? Oh, Hall of Famer. Yeah, how about John Bianco, who's, you know, I've worked with him forever since I've been in media, and you Hall of Famer. played there with John, John McAvick. The, the, how about this? The, the Communications Hall of Fame and the College Sports Communications Hall of Fame has uh, uh, announced that John Bianco is one of five new members of their Hall of Fame. He's going in there with Bino Cook. Yeah, Bino Cook's Man, the other one. <laughs> I'm like, hold up, John going with Bino Cook? Is he that old? John Bianca's younger than That's Bino awesome. Cook. That's popping. Good of course. job, John uh, So John Bianca, a good friend of our show. And well our, deserved. Of both of us. Uh, thank you, Ty. Thank you, Rod. Every hour podcast at hornfm.com. Rod, let's do it again on a Thursday. Yes, sir. 6 a.m. Thanks, Ty.